Shut up and sit down. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a laid-back edition of Third Shift. It's episode 297. I, of course, am your host, your funky leader, the greatest man who's ever lived. It's me, it's Matt, and I'm pumped for the show, as I am for almost every show we do, because with me, as almost always, it's the Light Bearer, the Light Bringer, the Light Bearer, Bringer, the Beastmaster of Third Shift. It's Eric, and he's here to tell us exactly how amazing his week has been. Tell us, Eric. Just go. Just do it. Just tell us. Ooh, let me tell you. I'll tell you what. All right. I didn't get to go see a movie. I wanted to go see Doctor Strange really bad, but didn't get to work out because we had Mother's Day this weekend, so we hung out, and we did Mother's Day, and we went outside. We played around. We did this. We had a nice, really good dinner. You know, the usual girls got flowers for their mama, all that good stuff. We did that. So didn't get to see the movie I was hoping to see, man. You know, that was the goal. However, still had a great time, great weekend. It was nice. Got out, get the mower out, you know, and of course, did that mower start, Matt? Mm-hmm. No, no, it didn't. Nope. Were its tires all flat? Mm-hmm. You know they were all flat. Pumped up those tires. Got the oil replaced in it. You know, went and put some fresh gas all in it. <laughs> no, no, it's not starting at all. So then I had to get the truck pulled up. Jumper cables. <laughs> Finally starts up. I let it sit for a little bit, take jumper cables off, turn it off for a minute so I can get a fresh start because I don't like doing the disconnecting to one side with, with everything still running just in case I'm an idiot and I zap myself to death. Click, click, click. Still didn't start up again. All right, fine. Had to put the jumper cables back on. Did it all again, Matt. Got it going again. And I said, oh, this time, you know what? I'm going to walk away. I'll just let it keep going for a while. Sure enough, I walked away, picked up some sticks, did that usual outdoor stuff, came back. This time it actually worked. Mowed the lawn. Halfway through the lawn mowing, all of a sudden it didn't want to turn right. It almost like shot me into the uh, the, the river that's by my house. There. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it failed to do so. Got control of it and then figured out how to one. I got a zero turn mower, so I had to figure out how to like one arm mow the lawn. So only one of the uh, turns worked. So I was like sitting there finagling the last little bit of it with that. So now I have to figure out what's wrong and fix that. And that's not right. What you need to do is go and buy yourself a brand new mower, a treat mm-hmm. for yourself, a treat for the house, a treat for everyone because the treat lawn will look everyone. so much better and you'll come in not frustrated and grumpy and covered in grease and, and you know, busted and knuckles and all that and stuff. And everything else. Yeah, yeah. And almost having flown into the ravine river thing. And here's, uh, uh, here's what you do secretly is you're like, oh, man, babe, I'm sure you told her, oh, the, the zero turn's acting funky, but I, I think I can get through it. Next time you mow, oops. It shot itself into the ravine, and I barely rolled away in time. Oh, no. (laughs) We definitely have to get a new one now. It's in the ravine where it'll stay until the inspector comes for their bi-yearly check. Yes. (laughs) And then you invite (laughs) us over, and we, like, pour one out for the whole zero turn. as We stand in the front yard just laughing. And when the inspector comes and goes, is this your board? No, sir. I don't know how that mower got there. Uh, there was no, there was sir. an accident with a flatbed, and it seemed yep. to just topple in there. And then I was like, hey, sir, you have to take, get this out of and my creek. Off. And they drove away. And obviously, I don't have the tools or utensils to get out this gigantic, enormous metal object. So mm-hmm. unfortunately, the city's going to have to take care of it. Yeah, see? It works out well. Why is there a giant plowed through area right from your porch straight into the ravine? It was this crazy accident, I'm telling you. The, the flatbed was swirling around. They did donuts in my front yard. That's what happened. Sir, if you don't believe me, check the cameras. Oh, there are no cameras on this particular stretch of road? Oh, well, oh, man. That's the only word you got. Sorry. Have a great day. <laughs> Thank you. Then they hauled away and I don't even got to worry about it. The only downside is that I polluted this little river and, you know. But who doesn't pollute? Everybody pollutes everything these days. That's why I'm sucking through these fake crappy paper straws that just melt in my mouth and turn to goo because people couldn't, you know, not litter with their regular straws, man. That, I, was, I was thinking, <laughs> man, he's going too far off the rails. No, nope. But you, you saved Brought it. Brought it back. And I appreciate it. <laughs> well, see, what you do is you just run it real low of oil and gas before you crash it in. That's true. And then now it's just Be rust. as responsible as I can. Yeah, yeah. see, it's fine. You're an, hey. You're an environmental polluter. Exactly. I do my best. You know, maybe a couple fish end up down the river, but, you know, that's just life. Mm-hmm. A couple humans end up down the river, too. It's just the way it goes. That's just how it's got to be sometimes. Exactly. 
So there you go. You have it. I did the outdoor adventure. We got the yard up and running. I'm just going back and checking my blueberries and praying to the lords that those little those little leaves start popping and budding and they're not dead because I would love to see them come to fruition and bear me some blueberries this year. Last year, we didn't run the water out, so they were getting water and they were staying alive, but they were only, you know, they only got enough juice to give us like three or four berries because they need lots and lots of love and we didn't give it to them. This year, though, I bought all the stuff. So the second I see those son of a guns aren't dead, I'm running the hose out, I'm anchoring all the lines, I'm getting it above ground, I'm going to have the freaking uh, sprinkler system back out there, and we're going to have blueberries for days, days and days. So that's that's the outdoor life right there. You know, just bring in a little Rubbermaid container for your old buddy Matt and save me nineteen fifty on two ounces of blueberries. Yep, that's what I'll do. I'll do my best to help you have some delicious blueberry pancakes. You know what I'm saying? Hell yeah. God bless. So with that said, game-wise, what did I do? Well, I played Elden Ring, of course. I uh, got real mopey with it, was getting down in the slumps, getting my butt kicked all over the place. I said, no, 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 I see where this is going. This is me going to just disappear and let the game go go sideways. Even though Matt kept going, I'll help, I'll help, I'll help. And I was like, yeah, I know, we, but we never play together. So it's kind of like a pipe dream that Matt and me would actually play a game together and do something. So... I was like, that's realistically never going to happen because we don't game and do stuff like that. So I was like, what do I do? And, of course, Matt, he's got this angry face. He's so mad about it. I said, I got to beat this. I know. I remember looking up some OP crazy build long ago when I first started, and it was funny and it was great. Is that build still real? It's still real. It's still kicking. It still exists. It still does its thing. So I looked up that cool Comet Azure build, and I went, well, let me see. Oh, I got that piece. I got that piece. I got that piece. I got that piece. I'm like missing one piece. Well, I was missing two technically. I went and got one of them that was like necessary, but the last one is the uh, the helmet. Didn't have that one. I knew how to get it, but I didn't have it. Let's put on all those pieces. Let's go see what this can do without the helmet. Dragon, dead. Dragon, dead. Black kindred spirit thing, dead. Oh yeah, this is what I'm talking about. Revenge will be mine. <laughs> and I will say in my defense, I put that angry face on because of the way you phrased it. You went, oh, what's the stupidest, cheapest, dumb, idiot way that I could just beat the game and just laugh and go ha, ha, ha. And I went, oh, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Well, I, I did that for you. I did that for you because obviously later on I talked to you off air and said, well, realistically – the show, you know, those YouTubers that show you this, it don't work all the time. In fact, it works like 50% of the time. So say, I think the one that I sent you even just even showed, hey, look, if you can't line it up and they move half a centimeter, mm-hmm. it's just it's, it's just nothing it's anyway. Yeah. So it, this isn't like a magic bullet by any stretch of the imagination. And I'm not stupid. So I went, well, this isn't going to work every time. But it does work against those Yahoo bosses that are like an open world just standing there and doing nothing unless you engage them. So that's freaking cool. So I went, all right, well, what else? And I like Night Comet. I said, is there anything with the Night Comet? And sure enough, this quick one, yeah, if you get Staff of Lost and pump that sucker way up, it works with invisibility sorceries. And I went, what? What's that got to do with Night Comet? Then, of course, I clicked the video. I said, hey, Night Comet, if you didn't know, is an an invisibility sorcery because the baddies can't see it. Hence, uh, they don't dodge it like they do like your uh, Flintstone. And I went, I knew they couldn't dodge it. I mean, you know, I've used it forever. That's why I like it. But I didn't ever once go, oh, it's an invisibility spell. No, I never tied that together. Because there's the other invisib- invisibility spells literally are like, makes you invisible for this amount of time. Yeah, yeah. Inv- makes this do this, and it's an invisibility, blah, blah, blah. It literally says something about invisibility. So I was like, okay, just like full moon sorcery is pretty much to say, full utilizes full moon to da 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 and I think there are three or four other ones under like the night whatever mm-hmm. heading because I watched a video talking about how bosses can't dodge those and they had like three or four different ones. It wasn't just a bzzz, but like the thing that shoots from the back and all kinds of other stuff. Yeah, and I have one of the ones that's like a ball above that shoots like a bunch of little things. So mm-hmm. I haven't used that yet, which, but since I'm going to use this, I might incorporate it and see how well it does. But any of the who's, I went, okay, well, the big beam ain't going to work all the time, so let's pump up the Staff of Loss. I was surprised to see it only uses regular smithing stones. Matt, 
I've told you, and I'll tell the audience, I don't use those ever. Every freaking weapon I've ever utilized uses somber smithing stones. So I went click, 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 all the way up to 21 or 22, maybe even 23. It's in the like 20 range somewhere before it's finally stopped. And it's like, oh no, you don't have this particular one. I'm like, ah, oh, son of a gun. But either way, up to 20 something, I go out there and I go, Night Comet, 3,000 damage. And I went, oh my goodness this thing is like whoa, this thing's wicked poo, 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 poo. Dead, dead 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 then i got cocky and i went well, let me get the helm to make this just like full-on cool rock and roll and obviously it doesn't help the night comet one but whatever you know what i'm talking about so i go and i try to finish the the sorceress's uh quest line and i go down this dungeon and there's three of these baddies those crystal dudes the ring spear and whatever the other one was and i got I told Matt I got destroyed, but I didn't get destroyed. I got two of the three down, but then I got wrecked. But I was using up all my pots to do it, and I was running around trying to hit them. And I know there's a way, you know, a, a very solid reason or rhyme, but the time I tried, I couldn't figure out which ones were melee, which ones were, like, sorcery, which one was... So I'm over here, like, hitting them and just trying to figure it out. But meanwhile, you know, they're going ape crap. They're all mad about life. So I know I can do it if I just go in there and give it a few shots and... So, okay, for sure he's sorcery. Just going to say, man, you know, I mean, if you got your buddy Matt in there with you. Oh, then it's easy. I, I'm really good at poking those dudes. And skelly men's are awesome hey. against them. They're just poking stuff. They don't fall uh, down. By oh, my skelly they don't they don't perform as well. You know, we won't talk about the skelly today. I, <laughs> I love them, but they just, you know, they're not your skelly I don't know if you paid them more than I did. I was doing 15 an hour. I thought that was fine for a dead man rate. You know what are I mean? you trying to go minimum wage just because they're dead? You can't do yes. that. Yes. Well, you can't discrimination. Come on. I know. Dead people are worth being. just as much as we are. As living people. I understand. I mean, that technically, the tarnished is undead also. So we are just brothers, really. I mean, That's true. You know, and I'm not getting paid anything. Exactly. You're doing this all for free. I'm sl- Look at all the I'm, stuff yeah. you're doing. You get, you get nothing. You, you just get. I don't get nothing for it. I'm getting a lot of talismans and stuff. I got all these gizmos and gadgets. It's just everything's just OSP. Yeah, it's, it's wild. So that all took place. Now I'm, I'm jazzed back up. I'm feeling better now. I'm like, okay, I got a couple builds. I'm killing things. Here we go. Like I said, I, I do actually be great to play with Matt and everybody again. Yeah, will that happen? Who knows? My Friday turned into something different. We'll see how it goes. Anywho's, I also played Stranger of Paradise did all the main missions, all the side missions, except for now I'm at the end of the base game. I do believe, I'm not 100% certain on this, I could be completely and utterly wrong, but it did the typical Mega Man, where it went, hey, here's here, go talk to this particular individual, and you're going to have yourself a talk and a conversation, and it's probably going to lead to some shenanigans. But before you do that, hey, look what we did. Here's four more side quests. Oh, okay, click on it. That's the boss. Of that particular realm. Oh, okay. Well, what's this one? That's the boss of that other realm. That's the boss of that other realm. That's the boss of the other realm. All right. Let me go in. Straight to the boss. Mega, mega boss. Super red and pumped up and crazy. Went to that one. Sure enough, all of them are just the mega boss of that particular area. All right. All right. Let's. We can do this. Go in there. Sure enough, it's hard in hell, man. It's crazy. Any mistake you make and you're down, you're not dead, but you're down to the wire and you're wasting lots of pots and things you don't really have a ton of. And the worst part is, is you start with the lowest stamina bar there is. Typically, obviously, when you're playing these games, you go build your stamina bar all the way up and then you engage the boss. Well, this doesn't give you that option. You go in and it's like, boom, you got two bars. You got to build it while you're fighting the boss and then, of course, kill said boss. But, like I said, these bosses are doing major damage if they hit you. So you're expected to be able to block, parry, get out of everything, make sure you understand which move it's going to do, some of the unblockables, so on and so forth. Very hard. Almost got the first one tie mat down. Almost. I got him in the second phase, got him down to like just a, a wedge of health, and then he took me out. I had zero pots. I was down to like, I couldn't even see my health bar. And I'm over here. I was just backing off. I didn't even try to engage him i was like nope my 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 two companions they'll just do everything for me one went down one was up still and i'm like please just do it do it do it 
No, they couldn't. They did not. They did, could not pull it off. And then, of course, Ty Matt comes running after me, doing all of his moves. And, well, like I said, with a sliver, it didn't work out. I said, all right, I'll work on that another day. Not in the mood to be going crazy. <sighs> and then I said, I need something light. So last but not least, well, I heard it's a cool game. You know, Matt was talking about this a long time ago to me, telling me he was excited about it. And then I just saw it pop up the other day, and I was like, man, oh, man, this thing. I was just, hey, you hear about this? She said, yeah, dumbass. Remember, I backed the whole thing, and of course I get emails about everything it's doing. And I went, oh, yeah, you did, and you're right. Oh, I remember that. I did not call you a dumbass, but I did look at you kind of flatly and go, <laughs> yeah, the thing that I know all about, yeah, I, I, mm-hmm. I'm excited for it too, yes. And the thing just came out today, yes, I understand. Yes, yeah, yeah. So even Chronicle Rising, I was like, well, let me pick that up. And then I only got one hour and a half-ish, maybe two hours. I don't even think it was two hours. About an hour and a half worth of gameplay on it. And I was like, oh yeah, definitely cool. Definitely a lot of fun. Um, wasn't quite as well so far. I'm not real far into it. But it's not as deep or anything as I was thinking originally it was going to be. Because I didn't want to go and see too many reviews about it. Because now that I'm going to play it and I am playing it, I'm like, well, I want to just kind of see the areas and be fresh and have fun with it. So I uh, got about an hour and a half into that. And you know, I might talk about that just a little bit more in a little bit. So, yeah, that's my week. That's what I've done. What about you? Well, what does Matt do every single weekend or every single week? He sees a theatrical show and he goes to the movie theaters. And I did absolutely neither one of those things over the past week. And it was wonderful because it was just a weekend of nothing. All my weekends have been super packed. That's why I went and saw three movies last week on Monday because everything had been busy. Now it was not busy, but Friday night I got wretchedly sick, woke up in a pool of sweat and it was disgusting. But then Saturday, all I did was play Elden Ring and I'll get back to that in a minute. Sunday, went to mom's house, Mother's Day. We cooked burgers and had a nice little porch picnic. It was just a nice day. Just chilling out, hanging out outside. You know, it's finally porch weather out there, so... That was a good day. On the video game front, I have been playing a little bit of Final Fantasy III Pixel Remaster off-stream, building up some stuff for certain achievements, because there's certain achievements that, looking in the list on Steam, I might not have gotten without a little bit of extra effort or going back into the game to kind of farm at later levels. I kind of wanted to get that done, and I got a couple of them done. Still working on a few more, but I'm feeling like it's about time for another stream of that. It's been two weeks now, obviously. Maybe I'll do it on Friday before we play, because who knows when or if we'll play. And then Saturday, I told you I played Elden Ring, but the most important part, and the thing that I didn't know would ever happen, I mean, once I got into it, I figured it would happen, but I beat Elden Ring. I never thought I would play or enjoy or beat a From Software game ever in my life, because I played Demon Souls and I went, absolutely not, no sir, never again. Everything else that came out, no way. We're sold on Elden Ring. Boom. I beat it. And I will say my only complaint, I guess, about it is I wish the story presented itself in a a better way. I'm used to games with big, long cutscenes, and here you talk to this guy, and he unveils a lot of the story, and this is what's really going on in the world. And obviously in From Software games, that is absolutely not the way anything is done. It's a lot of reading item descriptions and kind of putting these two together and looking at the altered version of this item versus the base version of this item, and that shows the progression of this and that and who to who. You want to know a secret, man? Dirty, just nasty little secret. What's that? I don't even know how to look at item descriptions still in this game. (laughs) I've never seen a single item description. (laughs) I at least know that because there's been so many times where I'm looking at a menu, like the status menu when I first went into that, I'm like, what am I looking at? What do the, any of these mean? And I looked at the bottom where there's like the different buttons for different options. Mm-hmm. And none of them did what I wanted, but I was hammering through them. So I've seen the items. And I'm like, well, what does that mean, though? Oh, maybe I push these different buttons and it gives you a little story blurb, like two sentences, you know, a vague description of this item. Mm-hmm. But that's where all the story is. Obviously, you talk to NPCs, you get bits and pieces of it. But like for the history of the world, it's all in all the junk you pick up, which now it's way too late to go back through a million pieces, literally everything that's in my bank and all that stuff. Yeah. So that's my one regret because I, I beat it and I went, all right, it's time for that ending cutscene, And I chose my, chose my ending and it was like 15 seconds. And I went, you did it. Boom. Elden ring. And here's credits. Well, I mean, I guess I did it. And the thing I don't regret is the, 
the physical storytelling, like the, the physical journey that my avatar went through. Because I remember when we started out, you and I were both kind of just lost in the sauce. We were playing those first couple times. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what worked and what didn't work and how I was going to build my character and what was going to go on. And then when we were playing with Shay and fighting Margit, I was still just, I think I'm going to do this. I'm going to build up my health and maybe strength because I have a sword that I swing. But it was still just, I don't know what's going on. And then steadily and slowly, oh, I picked up this piece of armor. Okay, okay. I got my, I'm upgrading my shield a little bit. Oh, I got this big great shield. Hmm, that stack requirement. It's just strength of 30. Right, I'm going to slowly build up towards that. Then I got that halberd. Okay, I'm slowly going to build up towards this. And it wasn't anything like directed. Like, obviously, we had looked at builds beforehand, and I had looked at a couple, but I didn't really know what they meant. It kind of gave me a, a first baby step. You know, as I slowly put the pieces together and my character started coming together, here's what I want to do. How do I do that better? This piece lets me be a little better at that. Okay. This piece lets me do a little more here. Okay. When I got to the point of, I like a big shield and I like a, you know, I had just a sword for a while. Then I got the halberd, which gave me reach. So I'm I'm one step further. But, you know, I'm, I'm doing a lot of guard counters because that, that was just the thing I was drawn to. Block it and do the guard counter. But if people attack me in my guard counter, I flinch and my attack doesn't go through. How do I up that? Oh, poise. Oh, that's the stat you need for that. Okay, how do I up my poise? Get that armor. That's got better poise. Get that little amulet. That's got better poise. This, this, this. And it all came together. So I went from just a just a babe in the wind, just a squabbling, squirreling little slug of a person who had no idea what was going on. And my character, and I mean, it's not really a character, so it's kind of you. Like, you attribute yourself to your little avatar. He became this just boulder of a dude and i loved it because even at the end game like some of those very last bosses if it's a physical type boss and his thing is to push you around and beat on you you can't do that to me my guy shrugs that off and he hits you back and even if you were coming in with a big old swing and wild combo i'm gonna block the first one i'm gonna guard counter it even if you hit me through that then i'm gonna guard counter the next one And then I'm going to guard counter the next one. And then you're staggered and I'm critical hit, kick you away, sip on my flask. You're jumping in again. Barricade shield is up. We're doing the whole dance all over again. So some of those end game things that are big physical dudes, I'm not going to spoil anything, but if people have seen end game guys who do like big jumping around and physical stuff, they were easy as pie for me. Which is just, you know, fighting Margaret. He is that kind of guy. And I was lost in the sauce. We were, we all were. Now, that's the kind of guy I can't wait. When I see them, I just go, you're done. I turtle up and they come in and we just hack at each other and I always win. It's wonderful. Now, granted, there's still those enemies that attack from a distance. I got to get on my horse. I got to, I got to chug over there. It's, it's really hard for me, but that's what I'm finding so interesting about it. And I mean, I said it on the last episode. I love to see the enemies you have trouble with, the enemies that are super easy for you and hear about that and how it's just, oh, all I do is just sling stuff at him and he never gets close. Oh, that's all I do is I, all I do is get close. And so if they get close to me, that's what I love. I don't know. It just excites me when I hear about these crazy builds and, you know, see some of them in action as I'm looking up people's gameplay. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. If they did that in my, you know, that would help me out so much on my guy and, you know, this and that and the other thing. Mm-hmm. But I would help them out so much because I'm just this boulder of a dude. Oh, it's so great. And it was so fun. I'm so glad we got into Elden Ring and I'm so glad I went through and I beaten it. And maybe New Game Plus is coming at some point. Maybe I'm just going to clean up stuff. Because I got into one of the secret areas, but not the area beyond that, which has all the amazing talismans and all the great S-tier stuff and the big boss that everybody fights for 27 hours. I have a feeling that at least part of that will be okay for me because I've seen the big whirly-do melee attacks that that boss does. Well, I'm the boulder. Those attacks themselves, maybe I can shrug those off. Obviously, there's more to that boss than just that, but... It's a big physical boss that does melee stuff. That's what I'm set up for. We'll see what happens. Maybe I'll get there. Well, the let me solo individual is on from certain time frames. So I'm just going to log on when that person's on, summon them, and then 
I'll just stand back and hang out. And... I knew you were going to say that. Like as, I know. <laughs> as soon as I thought about it, I even thought about this way earlier in the day when I saw <laughs> that boss doing stuff. I went, mm-hmm. oh, well, I would block that. No problem. Because people just got eaten up by the just constant mm-hmm. swirls of damage, which that's what I'm here for. There's barricade shielded. But yeah, I thought about that. I was like, as soon as I mention this or think about it, Eric's just going to be like, yeah, I'm just not even going to fight. I'm going to find, let me solo her. And I'm just going to. Mm-hmm. Do a little and then dance. I'll, re- I'll record it and I'll do the dance and like everybody else does. And uh-huh. bam, done. I get to like yay! I got to be part of the the whole thing and I get the boss killed. It's a win win for me if I ever get to that point. Yeah. Now, granted, I still would love to see that. Like if mm-hmm. if I went there and I put up my little finger, and you and, saw the thing, and, and he was, was right there. there. I'd be like, "Yep, come on in, let me see it." By the way, speaking of it, that individual got their thousandth kill on her, uh, I guess today or yesterday. Wow. So, just side note. Crazy. That is crazy. But just that whole journey of just a swaddling little newborn to just a big, rough, tough, boulder of a character just feels so good. Rem- I was just reminiscing as I was cooking dinner today, and I was just like, wow, I, I really came a long way. Anybody who's played this game, you literally came a long way. You went on this journey. I don't know. Just fantastic. But that's all I've played this week. That's all I've done. What's coming up either over the past week or in the future that we might end up playing there eric what do you what do you oh got? man there's this one game i was like wow this looks pretty neat and i got excited and i told matt and he told me shut up because he already seen it and i went wow and then i played it for an hour and a half yes everybody i just got done talking a little bit about it yeah dumbass and, and we just heard all about it <laughs> get out of here hey oh man Eden chronicle rising it is like a prelude or a side story to the upcoming game that's a spiritual successor to Soikiden series, etc. So Matt's very excited about more so than me, but I'm very excited about it too because I love tactical RPGs. So it's right up my alley. This, however, is not a tactical RPG. It is a side-scroller adventure RPG. And I'll tell you this, though. You can draw a lot of inspiration from this for the upcoming game because it has the same people, you know, the same artists, it has the same sound designers, it has all the same folks that are working on that successor that are doing this as well. So you're going to get a taste and a little bit of love of what you're going to see in the tactical RPG in the future. I do have to jump in. It's not really a tactical RPG. Sweet Coden isn't really that. It's a, no, like a party-based I, I RPG. And I don't want yeah. I don't mean to like ruin the flow, but No, but it it is you're you're right. It's not technically a tactical RPG. But I always just thought it was because of the amount of party members and the strategy amongst making your group and making the builds and, and doing all the craziness. For for people who don't know, it's kind of – you get six party members, but you kind of arrange them kind of in a grid and they each have synergies. Mm-hmm. So it would be like if you did like traditional ogre battle battles, but you could choose their actions and stuff. Yeah. It's kind of, kind of in that vein. You're up against a party of enemies. You're a big party. It, it looks like that anyway. Anyway, sorry. It is different, yes. But – with that being said, Matt's right. It is technically not that, but it's close enough. But he's right. It is a party-based RPG. They are different. However, this one is none of those things. Regardless, it is, like I said, the 2D side-scrolling action RPG. And you will take control of CJ. Uh, she's a up-and-coming adventurer. Or slash, well, she calls herself like a, a scavenger or whatever uh, of the good kind. And she gets wind that there's this town that has uh, just opened up a barrows, a giant barrows that's got all sorts of treasure and everything going on for it. So she heads out. She gets over there, finds out, though, that you're not allowed access unless the mayor allows you to. And the mayor says, no, 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 no. To get access to that, you need to get your either this much money, which she's broke, she's a scavenger, or B, you get a mu- this many stamps from the townspeople by helping them out and doing whatever they tell you to do. Naturally, you get this uh, card, and so your adventure begins. You now start asking the townspeople, what have you got? You got a quest for me? You got a quest for me? And so you, it begins really easy. Right next to you, there'll be a character and goes, oh, I need my cat returned to me. You go off on an adventure. You go to the little area. You follow the, you know, run along on the right-hand side. It'll tell you which way to go. You go out to the woods. It'll say push up to go to the da-da-da, whatever. You'll go to the forest, the great forest. Now you're on another 2D platform playing area. But the graphics are really, really gorgeous. All right. It's, uh, like I said, the sprites on a 2D little side-scrolling adventure. But the backgrounds are all 3D rendered, all, all done beautifully drawn. 
and animations, you know, in the foregrounds, in the backgrounds, all blend together. They've got shadowing in this game, so even the 2D sprites have shadowing, which makes it feel like they're actually there. It blends in, it just blends in really nicely and just looks superb. So each environment that I'm, like I'm telling you, that you're going to, looks very different from the other environments and just is a just a sight for the eyes it's just really really gorgeous um so far the battle system i don't have the other two players i know who they are um, but i don't have them yet cj she's just kind of like your all-around brawler type character and right now all i have is a dash and then i have like an attack and of course your jump later on i hear you get like a back dash an air dash and then of course more combos to add to your base attacks that kind of thing but right now it's basic, but it's still fun. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of airy, kind of feathery though. Floaty when you're in the air. Yeah, a little bit of floaty. When you're jumping, it's kind of floaty. When you're attacking, it's kind of loosey goosey. Uh, so it takes getting used to. If it's that's if that not something you do regularly, you're gonna find that while you're jumping, you're, you're kind of like whoa, doing the full wee. And if you're not prepared for that, you're going to get hit by the bad guys. You're going to mess up. And same with the attacks. When you attack, it takes like a second before the attack goes and then initiates. So you have to plan for that when you're doing that, especially when there's groups of baddies. If you're not planning that attack just right, you'll only hit like one of the two. And then while you're doing your little floaty kind of fall, the other one's going to hit you. And you're going to start to lose HP, that sort of thing. Um, I don't think that's a negative. There's many games that have done done that, but it is something to be aware of. And that's something that you get used to. With that being said, the key here, the thing that has me most jazzed, and I didn't know this about any of this at all, was that the two individuals composing all the songs and music for this are the Tails sound composer and the Wild Arms sound composer. And I went, oh my, how? All, after all these years, I've begged and wished there was a Wild Arms, you know, just comeuppance. Never is, never will be. That is one I do agree with Matt on that. I think that game's gone for good. However, look at this. The individual who made all the music for those games is here making these ones. And, oh boy, I'll tell you, they're doing a fantastic job. I've gotten about four or five different kind of tunes and beats in the hour and a half I've played so far. And every last one of them, I, I usually play with one headphone off so I can hear the outside world just because I'm paranoid. Nope. I popped both of them headphones on. I was just jamming away. Oh, I'm saying, hmm. This is feeling good. It's so upbeat. It was just what I was wishing I could get a hold of because, as I said earlier, these hard games and hard bosses was kind of beating me up. I was like, I need something fun. And that's what this was, and that's what this is so far. A lot of fun. Easy peasy. You're helping the townspeople. The whole goal here is this town was destroyed by the earthquake. You want to rebuild it. Well, they want to rebuild it, but you want to help them rebuild it so you can get your stamps, so you can get into the barrels and get your big treasure and make your payday. Whole goal of the game. And it's really cool because it's not like that boring build a town type thing. It's just you're helping them, and as you help them, they fix the town. So this broken down tower is all of a sudden restored. Now it's there in the background, and now you can function and use a, a different a new shop. A blacksmithy shop will open up or whatever. A uh, town hall will open up. So everything you do has an impact on the town, and it's helping the townspeople, and you'll see it physically as the stuff gets regenerated and rebuilt. And I, I honestly, I don't, because like I said, I don't want to go too far into this. I assume at some point you're getting to the barrels, which is what you're here for in the first place. But you need so many stamps that I feel like most of this game is probably you just getting all the stamps and making this town into the beautiful town it was before the earthquake destroyed it and the barrels was opened up. And then the best part, Matt, about it all is the characters you meet in here and that you play in here are going to be in the upcoming game so you'll get a nice cool history and a little bit of you know all camaraderie going on with these characters already so you'll jump in there already having an affinity and or hatred of these three characters so i don't know really fun so far it's nothing that's going to change your world though it's so far it's pretty easy it hasn't really it's no you know there's nothing here i haven't seen before but all the graphics mixed together with the music the artwork the gameplay being just light and fun I'm enjoying it, and if you like RPGs or just little you know, adventure games, I would say definitely at least go take a peek at it because it's free on Game Pass. I mean, it costs you nothing. I bought it on PS5 before I knew it was free on the Game Pass, but oh well. Now I get trophies, Matt. 
That's true, you do. And I'm going to take you from a nice, lighthearted, floaty fantasy action RPG to a hard scrabble sci-fi dark universe with Citizen Sleeper, which came out on the 5th, developed by Jump Over the Age, published by Fellow Traveler for PC, Mac, Switch, and Xbox, and this is available on Game Pass, so I am very excited about it. Just like Eric, I didn't go too much into this one because this is a game I am absolutely going to play. And in this game, you are a sleeper, which means you are kind of like a human consciousness or a human soul transplanted into a temporary obsolescence type of robot worker body. And in this game, you wake up, you've escaped from something, your body is in a very bad condition, but you don't really remember what's happening. But you wake up on this space station and you kind of have to figure out what it is you want to do. You know, I've watched 15 minutes of gameplay. One of the first questions is, you know, what's most important? And you have three options of like running away, escaping whatever it still is, starting a new life, or I forget the other option. And so that determines your drive or your next quest that you're going to try and accomplish on the station. And that kind of gives you an example of the kind of storytelling here. It's kind of blank slate. Like they equate it to tabletop RPG type of stories where you can meet these characters and depending on what you say to them and what you choose to do will depend on what your story is and how they relate to you and all this kind of stuff. It's really divergent, you know, lots of story branches that you can go on yourself. There's no like, you know, hard, this is the main quest and this is what you have to do. You kind of make your own story on the space station and the gameplay of it. It's really exciting to me because it is, it kind of goes to those tabletop roots of every day or every cycle is what they call it. You start off with a certain amount of energy and then your body has a certain condition and that depends on what happened the previous day or the choices you've made. And you also get a set of dice, and you can assign those dice to certain actions in certain areas of the space station once you've unlocked it. And just like with pretty much any tabletop game or dice-based game, the values on those dice will determine your chances of succeeding or failing in these certain actions. So like a a 1 or a 2 will have a 50-50 shot between a neutral outcome or a bad outcome. 3 and 4 will get you 25% good outcome, 50% neutral, 25% bad, 5 and 6, you go up. 6 is like a guaranteed success. But what's cool about it is, not only are you just assigning those to actions, but each of those actions, depending on the result of the action that that die gives you, will start adding up to a certain counter, like in that area. Like if you choose to go and work in the mines, for example, in that area you'll see these two counters. One is a negative counter and one is a positive counter. And when those fill up, based on the outcomes of the actions you perform, then another certain story piece happens. So if you continue to fail at swinging that hammer, maybe the negative counter fills up, and now you get the story sequence where that negative thing happened in this area based on your actions. Or if you can manage it so you fill up the positive counter, now a completely separate thing happens because of the positive things you've been doing in this area. Now, obviously, that stuff can unlock further options in that same area. It can unlock new areas for you to explore. There's certain counters or clocks that just proceed with each cycle. Like I've seen one that's just one big negative event is going to happen, but it has like 16 different slots and it fills up once each cycle. So you have a while to build yourself up to whatever it is, it doesn't specifically say like outright oh the oxygen tanks blow up or whatever so you are kind of trying to build up what you what you know you can affect in positive ways while you know pushing your luck and running the risk of having failures i'm expecting a point where i'm in a very important area and i have the positive counter out of 10 all the way up to 9 but the negative counter out of 10 also up to 9 and i'm having to use like a one or a two on that last action because the other big negative counter in a different area is going to roll over for the cycle. Am I going to get hit with double negatives? Am I going to get a positive and possibly evade the other counter over there? It's just that kind of push your luck element. I love that kind of stuff. I love worker placement, which is basically what this dice assignment system is. So having them kind of knit together in this really cool way, it really excites me. On top of that, There's some really nice art. The space station itself, it's a pretty dry presentation, kind of like you would expect from a tabletop game. But the characters, the art of the characters you meet, it's just beautiful. 
Obviously, the music is beautiful. Like Eric said to me offline, pretty much every game has awesome music these days. This is no exception. The writing, from what I've seen, it's really intense and cool. There's not a lot of voice acting, so this is a very reading-heavy game. Think of something like Disco Elysium before the Final Cut patch that added all the voice acting. You're going to be reading all kinds of stuff. Dialogue, inner thoughts, the way things are moving back and forth. But if that doesn't put you off, if you want a, I don't know how dark it gets, but a gritty surviving by the skin of your teeth sometimes, sci-fi adventure, check out Citizen Sleeper. I will be checking it out. Like I said, it is free on Game Pass right now for console and PC. Definitely check it out, especially if you want divergent storytelling. I would love to play this and have Eric play it too and just be like, what what, what choice did you make over here? Oh my God, I chose this and the whole side of the thing blew up. Now I'm a half-charred robot body. These stats are down. These stats are up. Oh, well, on my side, I chose this and then I had... Awesome dice rolls for the next two turns. Got this and this. Now I've got skill points going up. I've got, I can do this way better than the other character can, but the other character has these other traits that can blah, 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 blah. So I feel like if you play this a lot, you're going to see all kinds of different stuff. If you play it and your friend does, you might have totally different stories, which excites me. Citizen Sleeper, it's exciting all around. I'm going to love this game. I was hyped about this game. My only downfall here is I am terrible at dice. I have bad luck. And, of course, I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to be rolling ones and twos all day. Every decision and every outcome is going to be based off barely making it or failing. And that sounds just scary and terrible. (laughs) Now, what I will say, though, is I mentioned the skill points that you can get from completing some of those clocks or counters. Mm -hmm. One of the reviews I saw said a lot of the skill points go into being able to nudge your your dice up or down. So if you get a few skills and you are rolling just ones, you can at least bump them up to twos or threes or maybe re-roll what you get. Mm-hmm. In theory, you should be able to help yourself out. Buff yourself up to at least an average Joe yeah. you know, when it comes to the dice rolls anyway. So I, I definitely want to check it out. So I'll be downloading it and, and uh, between that and what I have been playing, get that in the mix because mm-hmm. it does look really, really fun. And of course... Something that ain't on the old docket, Matt, but also is going to be really fun and coming up really soon. And as of May 17th, 505 Games, Matt, the individuals who just got done publishing that wonderful game I just told you about, you in Chronicles Rising. Well, they said, you know what? We've never done it before, but we're going to do it now. We're going to have a showcase. So the, May 17th, 505 Games is coming out and doing their own showcase. They said, expect to hear a lot more on games that I've got, we've already told you about and maybe a few surprises here and there throughout the show. Nice. Well, okay. So I'm on board right right away. Freaking Max Payne, freaking Control. I mean, holy cow. 505 owns Remedy is, you know, under them. So they will, yes. yes this, it's this, okay. I know I'm not crazy, man. This is one of those man. embracer group situations <laughs> where like 505 yeah. games. All right. I can't wait for another showcase of some variety wherever of they, some game for developers I don't know. <laughs> Now, hey, there's a developer I know. I doubt well, yeah. they could show off some more Alan Wake 2. Yes, more Alan Wake 2 will probably be there. Exactly. I was instantly super excited because, like I said, it's got you know possibly Control 2 stuff, Alan Wake 2 stuff, and God only knows what else. So I was like, okay, I'm all, uh, I'm all about it. Mm-hmm. I'm all for it. May 17th, we get another little treat. And, of course, we failed to mention to you last week when we found out, but... Jeff, he's been a busy little boy, and he said, Hey, everybody, Summer Games Fest 2022 is ready to rock and roll as of, you probably already heard, June 9th through June 12th, but the June 12th includes the Bethesda, of course, uh, whole big showcase. So that's part of it. But June 9th, Summer Game Fest officially, Jeff's going to come out and do his whole spiel, announcing all sorts of really cool games, all sorts of really cool this and that. As you know, last year he he had the Elden Ring things going. He had uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. There was all sorts of stuff. So should we expect that much this year? Probably. I assume, especially with E3, you know, gone. Well, where else is everybody going to go? I mean, it's now either A, do their own thing, like 505 is going to do, or B, say, hey, we were going to show this, Jeff, but you want to do it instead? Yep, sure, cool, bam. So I think it's going to be exciting. I think we're going to get a whole bunch of really cool stuff and see a lot of really cool games. And then on the 10th is the, uh, and this one I'm not familiar with, Tribeca Game Spotlight. This one slipped by me. I'm not really sure what it's about. Well, it says here, 
a showcase featuring exclusive gameplay and creator interviews from Tribeca's official selections. I, I feel like this is a blind spot. I don't really, I'm not familiar with Tribeca, so mm-hmm. uh, I feel like a failure as a human right now, but I'll do a little homework and see if it's something I should know about. Anyways, that's coming up. So open up your little spreadsheets, open up your little calendars, pop in May 17th, pop in June 9th, 10th, and the 12th. I don't know what's happening on 11th. It doesn't say anything for that particular day, so it's a wild card. Another thing that was awesome and will be awesome if you haven't seen it yet, the Nintendo Indie World Showcase. It was just yesterday as we're recording this, and I couldn't believe it. I saw something Nintendo was trending, and they went, that Nintendo World Showcase was really cool. I went, huh? What? Watched it. I have an entire page of notes. I wrote down literally almost every single title that we saw because I was (laughs) excited in some way for pretty much everything out here. Everything had like a cool gameplay hook or a good look or a fun soundtrack. I think I only didn't write down one thing. But what's something that you saw, Eric, that got you excited? Well, an easy quickie was Cult of the Lamb. Obviously. We've already talked about it, you know, before, so I won't go into detail. But Cult of the Lamb popped up and I went, of course, that's coming out pretty soon. I'll be getting that one. I'll be playing that one because it just looks fantastic. You're a little sacrificial lamb, and you get resurrected, and you break your own cult, and you go crazy doing all sorts of cool stuff. What's not to love? Devolver's behind it, so it's going to have some cool shtick behind it, some flares, some you know wild things happening. It was an easy sell, and I was immediately like, yep, okay, here we go. Well, here's one for me. Gosh, have you ever heard me talk about the words uh, tactical, roguelite, deck builder, have I ever said anything like that on the show? Only every single time another one was shown off called Wild Frost. It looks like, obviously, it's Slay the Spire, but in kind of different ways. It looks like almost like a Plants vs. Zombies setup where you play your cards on the left, enemy cards come in on the right, and then you build your deck. Each run is going to be different. The thing that, that just killed it, just chef's kissed it for me, was not only can you just play the usual like roguelite run mode, but it's going to have daily challenges just like slay the spire did which i absolutely loved in that game i can't wait to play another game like that with a daily challenge wild frost is absolutely going on the wish list going on the keep an eye on it list i can't wait i knew you'd pick that one obviously with the card thing going i was like yeah that's definitely a mat game not for me but maybe it is because it did look really cool and i've always wanted to get bigger into card games but i'm a dumb dumb so it's just a sad thing. But you know what? An early one they talked about, Matt, Soundfall. Mm-hmm. I was like, at first I was like, ah, what's this all about? I don't know. But the music was kind of jamming. You know, it was, it was, it's colorful, but in like that weird kind of, I don't know, like light way. But it was still looking pretty cool. But then they got me. They said, oh, looter shooter, you know, going in, doing this and that, getting loot. And it showed the screen where you're above ground, using sound to your advantage. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'm sold. And then they went, it's out right now. And I went, oh, but that's a terrible thing because I don't have time for that right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh, I don't want to let this one fall by the wayside, but I've got to get through a few other games before I get to this one. But Soundfall definitely piqued my interest. I'm going to give you one that just from the description of it, I was like, why would I want to play that? And then I saw it and they talked about it more, Wayward Strand. That's the one that takes place in like 1970s Australia in this flying airship hospital. And you play a little girl who is trying to be a reporter and you can snoop in on the different rooms and figure stuff out about the patients or figure stuff out about their secrets. But then the thing that ultimately like 100% sold me on it was, yeah, sure, you can sneak in and look and have a listen. Or you have the choice of going in to participate in the conversation. So I love the idea of, well, this time I listened in and they really were talking about this, but if I went in, would they stop talking about it? Would I learn something different about it? Do I listen at the door for long enough to, when the other character they've been talking about is in the room, now I jump in and I say, hey, and try to solve the problem at that point. I just loved it. And it was all voice acted too, from what I could see, and it sounded really good. I can't wait to play this one. So another one I was super attracted to, man, was Silk. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. An engineer and this this artist get together and then remotely make this game, and it's all underwater, and it's just this black and white, beautifully just drawn game, and you're exploring the depths, and there's all these weird machinations going on, and these of course crazy, just out of this world, you know, monsters and creatures and things. It looks bizarre. It looks crazy, 
I don't even know what the hell if he's using magic or what it was, but there was like light beams coming out of these monsters. And then they would like kind of die, but they wouldn't die. It would just like turn off. So it was like impl- implying that they weren't actually monsters. They were machines of some kind. And they were talking about possessing certain creatures because you could mm-hmm. see him swimming along as a hammerhead instead of the little scuba dude. Yes. And they had unique abilities, which would allow you to solve some of the puzzles. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this looks really cool and the best part about it is i used to play this game to death back in the day called solar jetman it was a rare game uh not a lot of people know about it but basically what it was is like you're in a turtle pod and you're like and you'd have to like you know based off your your locomotion know when to propulse your jet engines again and then shoot your guns and do what you need to do to bust open this area to get through and time it right this gave me that vibe because you're, like I said, a scuba diver underwater. Things are coming at you. Machines are twirling and moving and doing this and that. You've got different uh, things you can possess to get different abilities to get by different areas. But while you're doing that, since it's got that funky water motion thing going on, I got that feeling again where you're like, you got to control your propulsion and where you're going and what you're doing. And I was like, this looks like it might be right up my alley. And like I said, I'm always about that dark Cthulhu type weird, you know, vibe. So. Definitely one to check out. Definitely one to pay attention to. Another one to check out and pay attention to that's right up my alley. It's one of the first ones they showed off. Elect Head. It's a little game where you are a little robot dude with his big head. And just the initial gameplay, it got me interested. Because you see him jumping on like these these like circuitry little areas. And when he jumps on them, they light up. And sometimes if he jumps on this piece over here, it'll shoot up a little barrier in between them. But as soon as you jump away and disconnect your body from the circuitry, that piece turns off. And it only turns on once you touch the floor again. And then they showed further on, you can literally throw your head, because that's the electrical part, and have that attached to things and turn them on, and you run. You have to scramble with your body because you can be disconnected from your head for only 10 seconds. So you're going to throw your head, have it activate this machinery or whatever, do whatever kind of platforming it takes to get you to get back to your head, to then put it on, and then you can move on and activate more things, or throw your head up to another thing and then scramble up to get that. Just the amount of crazy puzzles that you could possibly do in this game was just blowing my mind when I was seeing the separated body mechanic. And like, he would throw the head up and it would hit a platform and the platform would start moving and he'd have to jump and run and move and catch up to that so he could activate the other thing. Beautiful. I couldn't wait to play this. I, I've, I've been hearing about it and hearing good buzz about it, but until I watched this trailer with all this advanced head and body gameplay, I didn't know anything about it. Now, I can't wait for it. And here's the deal, Matt. Besides one other one, one I had no idea about, and didn't even really, they didn't show nothing because it was in that end little loop mm-hmm. of just all the quick hits. Was one title that just kept drawing my eye every time they showed it. And I was like, what the hell? Why didn't they showcase this one? This one looks right. One Shot. Yeah. That thing, the World Machine Edition. One Shot World Machine Edition. I don't know anything about this. I've never heard of it before. Mm-hmm. I kept seeing it pop up in that little end of, end of the blurb thing they did. So, of course, I looked, well, let me go look at this again. And of course. It's exactly what it looked like it was going to be. This cool puzzle adventure game. You're out here trying to save the day, restore, well, it says, you know, restore a long dead son, but the world knows you exist and it wants to stop you, and off you go. And just the way it looked, the animation for it, all the cool little puzzles and platforming things you were doing, instantly I was just drawn to it. So if a game can get me drawn to it just by these tiny little blurbs that appear in this big collage of games, I was like, oh, that's... I need to write that one down and make sure I kind of follow that one because I want to play it now. I 100% agree with that. But another game in that little giant barrage of games was Cursed to Golf. I mean, I love golf games, but this was like one of those weird ones where you have these certain abilities on the ball and you're ricocheting all around through this like Metroid looking, you know, tunnels and caves and things and showed the ball like taking off and like hitting a lake and then freezing over the lake and bouncing here and there. And, you know, you did like a certain trick shot and it went, you earned four more shots. So I don't know if this hole is like a Metroid level, like to get from one thing to the hole, you have to go through all this stuff and use all these abilities. Obviously, I don't know anything about it other than just that trailer, but just seeing that and the pixelated graphics and just the fun slash complex part of it, it has my interest a hundred percent. A lot of these games were interesting, Matt. They, you know, some of them weren't for me, but all of them are pretty cool. Mm. There's one more on my list that's on your list as well, and that's Gumbrella. Yeah. 
you know, me and you've both talked about this one before. I don't know, remember where we even saw it at or how we've seen it. But this is the first time I've seen it, so I don't know what you're talking oh. about. <laughs> you didn't see it before, no, really? No, I have never seen it. Because you mentioned earlier to me that you, you know, you're like, oh yeah, Gumbrella looking good. Well, I saw it the day before, just from Devolver Digital's Twitter. Like I didn't know uh, about okay. it before the event happened. I, I, I through some podcasts, I'd heard you know of its up and coming and everything. So I was like, oh, that sounds cool because it's, it's got the typical noir thing going on. Mm-hmm. You're a lumberjack who's been you know screwed over, and you go on this venture. You got this cool weird uh, weapon, the the, the gumbrella, mm-hmm. and you're going to figure out what's what and, and and go on this awesome, cool, just whole trek in the in the animations were just freaking flawless and amazing the music was pumping the action was high and i was just like dang this game looks good it looks so good just the way that the umbrella part of the gun like shoots you through the air like you kind of get like real fast air dashes and floats and then the the big shooting fast gunplay and these the beautiful pixel graphics i couldn't believe it when i saw it from devolver i went oh my god that looks so cool i can't wait to play it the fact that behind it you know it's gonna be good and the coolest part for me too was not only is it just this really cool you know action adventure platforming noir type game but with it came like actual story they have moments where and they they don't spoil anything but they show you like stopping and seeing characters messed up or seeing things happening and you're just involved and talking and going back and forth and i'm like we are about to go on an actual adventure here we're going to get some storyline. We're going to get things going on and, and motivation for why we keep going through the story instead of like your typical adventure where you're just doing it and then at the very end there'll be a little big thing and that's mm-hmm. pretty much it. This looks like you get a whole one story, two story, three story, four, all the way to the end to probably some crazy cool fun twist or something because that's just the way these types of games end up going. And I went, yep, we got to play it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I'll, I'll have one last one. They didn't go into it, but it was in the barrage of games at the very end. It's Card Shark. I've talked about it before. It's this the game about cheating at cards or cheating at poker in like Victorian era times. You get to see a lot of like the cheating mechanics in these quick little snippets of the trailer. Obviously, there's like dueling mechanics too that I've seen. They've been releasing a lot of trailers lately. I can't wait to play this because it's not it's not just a game about playing cards. It's a game about cheating at cards and trying not to get caught. And if you do get caught, now you have to fight a duel. There's all kinds of crazy stuff in the big trailer that they released on their official Twitter. And it's coming out July 2nd. It's got a release date. It's right around the corner. There's a demo out right now for Switch and Steam. So go play the demo. I'm going to download it right after I'm done editing the podcast and putting it up. So I can't wait for Card Shark. That's going to be insane. So many good games. So much coming, you guys. I was thinking about also checking out Idol Manager. You know, just managing these idols, living that life. I knew it. I knew you successful. would. I, you know, I, I saw it. I said, just as a joke, I should play and beat the hell out mm-hmm. of this game. <laughs> just become become one with the true me, you know? That's right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Lots of cool stuff to check out, everybody. You really need to get over there. And just see for yourself. There's going to be something for everybody. Like I like I, I told Eric, I literally wrote down every single game because there was something cool in just about every single one mm-hmm. of them. So regardless of what you like or don't like, check out that showcase because there's going to be something for you. So when you do watch that showcase and you do find that thing for you, let me know what it is via the email, thirdshiftme@gmail.com on the Twitter machine at thirdshiftme and find us on Facebook under Third Shift. Well, indeed, you know you can find us over on Facebook and leave a message, have some fun over there, or you can head on over to that wonderful Patreon, treat it like a little tip jar. Hey, one buck, two bucks. Matt and Eric did a good job. Want to help them out. Episode 300 is coming up. You know what? I want to throw them a few bucks and tell them happy 300 episode. Hey, I ain't got no money. Can't do that. That's impossible. That's fine, too, because you know what? We challenged you last time. Said, hey, go give us some five-star ratings. We want to get 300 five-star ratings for the 300th episode. Make that happen. Where are we at? Oh, we're not near 300, so (laughs) a lot of you better start participating. Otherwise, it's never going to happen, and you'll break our little old hearts. What little old hearts we have, but you might break them. But if you can't do that, you can also just send a mailbag question. Like, hey, how you doing? Hey, you can also just send us a cool blurb and a fun statement for the 300th episode and what you love about Third Shift, what we've done, memories, this and that. Nothing negative because obviously for the 300th, we're not going to actually read anything you hate about us. Maybe I will in a different episode, <laughs> but not on that episode. So just saying. There you go. The options are all there, and all those things help us 
make the show better, have some more fun, and just continue to just you know, have a blast doing what we do. And another option you have is to listen to the very next episode, which we'll be dropping on the 19th on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podbean, on Spotify, and on YouTube. And as I always say, hey, if you like what we're doing and you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services, because it does help us out. And we really do appreciate it. Indeed we do. We appreciate it so much, everybody, those Spotify and those iTunes five stars. Get them going. Get them happening. Make our dream come true, just like we make your dream come true every week by releasing those episodes and having another one for you. And with that, there's nothing else to say, but... Don't forget to say, Sit down.